Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast for Book 6, Chapter 8. Pierre still wants to punish his wife for what happened between her and Dolokhov. Helena, however, said that nothing happened between them. Do you think he eventually will be able to accept that nothing happened between them, or will we figure out that there actually did happen something between them? That there actually did happen something between them. Pierre is trying to make some big steps in improving himself. Do you think he will be able to keep it, keep on improving himself? And do you think this will have some benefits for him in social events? Oh, can't get much, wor- much worse for social events for Pierre. Pierre eventually asks Helena for forgiveness while seeing their union only as a means for spiritual progress. What do you think of his apology when taking his thoughts about it in mind? Ikar 100 said, just want to say I love the diary thing. I hope we get more of that. Uh, yeah, I think it was done well in this chapter. Sometimes diaries and letters and stuff written by the characters can drag a little bit. But in this chapter, I, I quite like it. Warren Kovapi says, I don't see this new peace between Helena and Pierre lasting for a number of reasons. I think they only... The only reason he's allowed her back into his life is because of the berating he received from the other Freemason about needing to forgive her, and also because of Eosif saying things like perfection only being achievable through struggle. The timing couldn't have been any better for Helena's situation. I think we've already seen some disillusion with the Masons brewing with Pierre, but it looks like maybe he's back on track for the moment. But with Helena having possibly a new affair going on with Boris, I'm wondering if Pierre will get wind of it, and then maybe the whole house of cards will come crashing down. Um, uh, like, the question really is, like, it is a good question of how long do we think they'll be together. But the real question is, do we even want them? Do we want that to happen? Do we want them to get back together and stay together? Well, it will make the story more interesting. You know, uh, Pierre's misfortune is always quite engaging and entertaining. So I guess there's that. But, um, you know, if we're Pierre fans, like I am, I like Pierre. He's flawed. He's a bit of an idiot, but I do really like him. Um, and I want the best for him, you know? I do. And I don't know why, but it just seems true, doesn't it, that Helena did have an affair. It just seems true. Without having any more evidence than the fact that, um, what is it, Dolokhov? Dolokhov? Yeah, Dolokhov rubbed it in his face. He might have just been trying to rile him up, get a rise out of him. But uh, it just seems like he was actually kind of boasting about it. Uh, okay, what are we doing here? Chapter 8. Chapter chapter 8? I think I read chapter 8, didn't I? Yeah, I did. Oh, it must be chapter 9 then. All right, here we go. Oh, it's quite short. Here it goes. At that time, as always happens, the highest society that met at court and the grand balls was divided into seven circles, each with its own particular tone. The largest of these was the French circle of the Napoleonic Alliance, the circle of Count Romyanestev, 
and Colane Court. In this group, Helena, as soon as she had settled in Petersburg with her husband, took a very prominent place. She was visited by the members of the French embassy and by many belonging to that circle and noted for their intellect and polished manners. Helena had been at Erfurt during the famous meeting of the emperors and had brought from there these connections with the Napoleonic notabilities. At Erfurt, her success had been brilliant. Napoleon himself had connections with... Sorry. Napoleon himself had noticed her in the theatre and said of her, Seth, un superb animal. That's a superb animal. Her success as a beautiful and elegant woman did not surprise Pierre, for she had become even handsomer than before. What did surprise him was that during these last two years, his wife had succeeded in gaining the reputation de une femme charmante aussi spirituelle que belle, which translates to of a charming woman as witty as she is lovely. The distinguished Pierre de Ligne wrote her eight page sorry the distinguished prince de Ligne wrote her eight page letters bilibin saved up his epigrams to produce them in count bezukhova's presence to be received in the countess bezukhova's salon was regarded as a diploma of intellect young men read books before attending helena's evenings to have something to say in her salon and secretaries of the embassy and even ambassadors confided diplomatic secrets to her so that in a way helena was a power pierre who knew she was very stupid sometimes attended with a strange feeling of perplexity and fear. Her evenings and dinner parties, where politics, poetry and philosophy were discussed. At these parties, his feelings were like those of a conjurer who always expects his trick to be found out at any moment. But whether because stupidity was just what was needed to run such a salon or because those who were deceived found pleasure in the deception... At any rate, it remained unexposed, and Helena Bezukhova's reputation as a lovely and clever woman became so firmly established that she could say the emptiest and stupidest things, and everybody would go into raptures over every word of hers and look for a profound meaning in it, of which she herself had no conception. Pierre was just the husband needed for a brilliant society woman. He was that absent-minded crank, a grand seigneur husband, who was in no one's way, and far from spoiling the high tone and general impression of the drawing-room he served, by the contrast he presented to her as an advantageous background to his elegant and tactful wife. Pierre, during the last two years, as a result of his continual absorption in abstract interests and his sincere contempt for all else, had acquired in his wife's circle, which did not interest him, that air of unconcern, indifference and benevolence toward all, which cannot be acquired artificially and therefore inspires involuntary respect. He entered his wife's drawing room as one enters a theatre, was acquainted with everybody, equally pleased to see everyone, and equally indifferent to them all. Sometimes he joined in a conversation which interested him, and regardless of whether any gentlemen of the embassy were present or not, lispingly expressed his views, which were sometimes not at all in accord with the accepted tone of the moment, but the general opinion concerning the queer husband of the most distinguished woman in Petersburg was so well established that no one took his freaks seriously. Among the many young men who frequented her house every day, Boris Drubetskoy, who had already achieved great success in the service, was the most intimate friend of the Bezikov household since Helena's return from Erfurt. Helena spoke of him as Monpage, 
Montpage and treated him like a child. Her smile for him was the same as for everybody, but sometimes that smile made Pierre uncomfortable. Toward him, Boris behaved with a particularly dignified and sad deference. This shade of deference also disturbed Pierre. He had suffered so painfully three years before from the mortification to which his wife had subjected him that he now protected himself from the danger of its repetition, first by not being a husband to his wife and secondly by not allowing himself to suspect. No, now that she has become a blue stocking, she has finally renounced her former infatuations, he told himself. There has never been an instance of a blue stocking being carried away by affairs of the heart. A statement which, though gathered from an unknown source, he believed implicitly. Yet, strange to say, Boris's presence in his wife's drawing room, and he was almost always there, had a physical effect upon Pierre. It constricted his limbs and destroyed the unconsciousness and freedom of his movements. What a strange antipathy, thought Pierre, yet I used to like him very much. In the eyes of the world, Pierre was a great gentleman, the rather blind and absurd husband of a distinguished wife, a clever crank who did nothing but harmed nobody, and was a first-rate, good-natured fellow, but a complex and difficult process of internal development was taking place all this time in Pierre's soul, revealing much to him and causing him many spiritual doubts and joys. All right, there we go. There's chapter nine. Pierre, he's, why is Boris just hanging around with your wife, man? It's, it's not on. It's not cool. Have your say about it over on the subreddit. Thank you very much for listening, and I will see you tomorrow.